0: Welcome back to the show. I hope you guys are having a really great day or evening or morning, whenever you're listening to this. I'm actually curious what time of day you guys like to listen to podcasts best. I used to be a podcast morning girl, but now I like to listen to them when I run and when I go on walks, usually walking to class. So now I'm more of an afternoon podcast girl or really whenever I need some inspiration, like it could be nine o'clock at night and I'm like, you know what? I need to be inspired to get some work done. Let me listen to 20 minutes of a podcast and then I'm good to go. So, But I want to know what time you guys are listening to this. So let me know on Instagram, in the iTunes review section, wherever, wherever you can put it. Today, I am joined with Andy Eaton, who is a creative director, coach and consultant, travel and fashion blogger, and an author. She is absolutely amazing and she is going to share some amazing tips of first off, traveling because the holidays are coming up. And I know we all may be in long road trips or flights. And so she's going to give her advice for how to pack a carry-on bag like a boss. Okay. She said she can live off of a carry on for a couple of weeks. So that's awesome. Also how to travel healthy, smart and safe this season. But we're also going to go into the fashion and blogger industry and kind of bust some myths, give some insight to that industry, which looks so beautiful. I know I love following fashion bloggers. They just inspire my feed, but she's going to give us some insights to the job as well, because she actually left a corporate job out of Ada to create content, which I think is so cool. And I'm, giving away the whole episode, but I just think her story is super awesome, and I'm really excited for you guys to get to the interview, so I will stop spoiling it, and we will get started. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm doing so, so, so good. How are you this afternoon? I'm great, doing really well. Thank you. Yay, guys! I just found out that we are actually in the same city, even though we are recording this through um, website call, I guess. I (laughs) don't (laughs) know, ecall, which is actually, which is really funny. But yeah, I don't. I rarely have people this close to me when recording, so this is exciting.
1: Yeah, it's funny because it's like the ease of digital technology just makes it easy to hop on a digital call. But we are in the same city, so we'll have to get together in person sometime. Also. I
0: can't wait. That'll be so fun. Yeah. Uh, So, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do because you do so much and it's all super (laughs) cool. So, yeah, just spill about um, your story.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, It's always funny when someone asks me what I do because it's kind of like if I'm at a dinner party and I like check my surroundings and kind of can get a feel for what other folks might be doing there. Then I have like one way of answering and then there's (laughs) many other ways of answering if it's like a different crowd. Um, And that's probably just because I am the type of person that is always looking at what other possibilities are out there. But the kind of um, little backstory is, um, so I worked for, gosh, quite a few years in the corporate beauty world. I worked for the brand Aveda. For I, quite love a few Aveda. Years. I love Aveda so much too. It was such a great company to kind of grow up in. I started working with them right after college. Um, and I moved up really quickly. I just like worked so hard and I loved it so much. And I was, um, by the time I was in my like, gosh, I was like 25 and I was um, a senior executive with the brand at that age. Um, so I was hustling kind of like you, <laughs> really young, um, to really move my way up in that company. But um, after working with them for so many years, I was really inspired to, to work for myself. And I wasn't really sure exactly what that was going to look like. Um, but I really knew that I had something deeper that I wanted to offer to the world, especially young women and girls. I got to work with so many amazing women in the beauty business, and I just really wanted to make a bigger impact. So, I left my corporate job, and in 2014, I started um, looking at what was next. And so, now what I do, I, um, I have a travel blog, and I got just really um, lucky that I found that passion of travel after all those years in a corporate environment. So, my travel blog um, is We oui, We, oui, like the French word, We oui, O U I, and then We, oui, like you and me, We. Oui. Mm-hmm. So I started the blog then, um, and then I also started taking creative consulting clients. So that's another thing that I do. Um, So that can be anything from like creating digital lookbooks, that can be working with them on brand voice, that can be um, coming up with social media strategies. There's just a variety of things I do within that. And then I also, um, I wrote a book that came out last year. It was my second book and it's called Wonderful. So I do a lot of writing for myself, obviously because of the blog and that's turned into something that I do as a part of my business also. So that's kind of the, the consolidated version, I suppose. Yeah, I love that. One thing I would love to know
0: more about is how you discovered your love for writing. Um uh, I'm not sure what exact role you had in your corporate job with Aveda, but did yeah. you have any writing experience through that or did was it something you found on your
1: own? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think i always um I always enjoyed writing i I never was the girl that was like. Um, writing for the school newspaper or, um, you know, doing any sort of like real journalism focus. I did study PR in college. My degree was in public relations. So I was a good writer in regards to like creating um, stories for brands and businesses. And I did a lot of that for Aveda. My role um, over the course of the years that I worked with them, I worked in sales and marketing and I did a lot of um, kind of creative marketing uh, strategies as well. So I had an opportunity to write a bit doing that, but certainly nothing like writing a book would be. Uh So that writing, I think when I fell in love with writing, when I left my corporate job and I decided to travel, I moved to Spain for four months and I really started documenting my, like a little bit of like journaling, but then also translating that into my blog posting back then. And that's when I really fell in love with the process of writing and started really kind of tackling it in a bigger way. Wow. Yeah.
0: So travel blogging looks so luxurious and fun, which I'm sure a part of it definitely is. But I would love to hear what you've heard a myth about travel blogging is
1: and maybe put some truth to that. Yeah, sure. I mean, that is certainly one that it's all luxurious and like free places to stay and like free meals and free hotels or free trips or whatever. And certainly there is some reality to that. But the the bigger reality is that for those of us that do it as a business, um, we are treating it like a business. So that means... Um, When you're waking up in that hotel that might be paying you to stay there or giving you a free opportunity to stay there, you've got to treat that day like it's your job because it is. So that means you might be um, working through what your content plan is going to be for that day. You might be shooting for several hours. There's editing. There's meeting with the PR people at the property to make sure you're covering all the bases bases of what they want to see featured and And so while it could feel really um, luxurious, oftentimes it's more about making sure that you're really answering the needs of the client that's hired you to be there, and that often involves getting to look at the luxurious parts, but not necessarily participating (laughs) in those parts, um, like a normal tourist or vacationer might be. Um, So that's probably like, I think, one of the biggest myths. And because it is for, for those of us that it is a job, um, it can be a little bit like, I always, when I first started doing this would have this like fear bubble up that because I was sharing pictures of myself doing these things that could be considered that kind of like luxurious sort of thing. I always got concerns that that, that people would think that I thought I was so great or something like that. Mm. And so I think there's this like, There's this little bit of like myth that like girls that do this sort of work um, don't have other skill set maybe to offer or maybe like they're just great at like, you know, taking pictures. And there's just so much more business to it than that. And it's really way deeper than just a photo on a Instagram page or on a blog page.
0: That's so true. Cause even I have caught myself thinking, like looking at a beautiful blogger's feed and being like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing that she gets to do that. And wow, I, I mean, if I could just have an amazing photographer, like maybe I could do that too. But there is so much business behind it as well that isn't shown um yeah. just through Instagram. Like Instagram's a picture platform. So that's what they're gonna put their foot forward uh in. But I'm wondering if you have to ever take vacations outside of uh, these trips you go on where there's yeah. no work involved.
1: Yeah, totally. And you know, it can be a little hard because it's like you, you always, when you are doing this for work, you always want to be looking at like, what can I get to create the next thing, the next blog post or the next story that my readers are going to be really excited about, or maybe I'm going to a destination that I know that they would love. But if I've committed to that time being, for example, with my family or with my boyfriend, then there, there has to be a separation. So. Certainly, I've had trips that um, are just for that. That are that I take a bit of of a digital detox, and the camera isn't coming out, and the you know the outfit isn't what you would see on the internet. It's just what would be comfortable for the day, and that is really important, I think, for anyone to find balance in their work and their personal time. But especially if that's your if your job is traveling, when you're traveling with the purpose of connecting with your loved ones, you've got to make sure you're making time for
0: that. I 100% agree. I found this true for myself in a way whenever I would go on vacations and I would want to vlog uh, just because I was so used to, to vlogging at home. And then when I would go someplace cool with my family, I'd be like, oh, I need to capture these moments. And then I would be so stressed over these fun vacations and be worried about the content side of it instead of just enjoying the yeah. break with my family. And so I've really cut back on vlogging vacations because honestly, I found my audience likes when I do boring stuff <laughs> at home because <laughs> I, I don't know, I guess they they relate to that and it's helpful. But yeah, so I really try to make my vacations content free, even maybe pictures, yeah. but that's about it.
1: Sure. And I think that that's like such a good mindset to be in. I mean, a lot of my travels for work are with my boyfriend, it is not his full-time job to do that for me, but he does do that for me. And I'm really lucky that he has a great eye and can really help me with that sort of work. But they're a great example. We were this summer, I was working on a project for Visa, which was truly one of the biggest projects I'd ever done. And I was like, yeah, I was like really proud to have gotten the opportunity, but we had extended the trip to have some vacation time before it. And so I really had to be in the mindset of during that time that I'd committed to that vacation time with him to not be like getting a jump on the work part just because we got there early, I really was like super mindful of, okay, he's not working. He's not doing his work while, while we're here. I need to really commit to like having the experience with him as just us together.
0: Mm, Yeah. That's so good. Uh, So as many are traveling, myself included, for the holidays, uh, vacations, all of that fun stuff, I would love to talk to you about how you managed to travel so much and stay healthy because you seem to always put your well-being first, which is so important. So I would love to hear some of your top tips you like to tell people about being while traveling
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it's so important. It's so easy to make yourself sick while you're traveling. Like, it just is the fastest way to have your immunity crash is to Uh, travel and not be in a good wellness space while you're traveling. So I think the first tips that I have, the first thing that I tell anyone when it comes to health is make sure that you're getting enough sleep before your travels and after your travels. So, so many of us as we're like getting ready for the holidays or any sort of trip are like packing late the night before or like just kind of like getting out of a routine before we even get going on that trip. So I think the first step is just get great sleep before and after you're taking off. And then some of the other basics, like drink a lot of water, especially if it's air travel, or if you're gonna be in a car doing a road trip for a long time, you should have that really great water bottle filled to the top the whole time and just making sure that you're staying hydrated. Um, Some other tips that I think are really, have really worked for me. I, um, I pack always, I pack no matter where I'm going, I pack healthy foods and snacks to travel with me. So that I'm not getting stuck in a place where I'm like all of a sudden starving and making a poor food decision because there's just like only an one option and it's not a good option. So, yeah. you know, there's like great food bars. There's like, I love, um, I do all sorts of like green powders and like um, like mushroom mixes and things like that, that I can just keep a little powder pack in my bag and like mix it up when I get some, get on a plane or, you know, get on get going in the car, depending on what I might be doing. Um, a tip that I think has really made a difference for me with air travel. And I think this one's getting easier and easier. Um, my rule of thumb is whenever I land in a new city, I try to find a yoga class before the end of the day that I can take. So before I go to bed that night, I've like reset my body through yoga. Um, and so like I, for example, I use like ClassPass, the app that you can, Yes, I love that. It's so good. And you can just like flip to the new city that you've just landed in. Like that's, what's so cool about it. And find a yoga studio near your hotel or near your parents' house, wherever you might be going um, and go take a quick class before you go to bed that night. That's like my, that's a new one that I've started this year and it's like made a huge difference in how my body feels after air travel. Um, So that's a couple things that I think really make a difference for me um, with like immediate thoughts around how I'm going to stay well while traveling.
0: Yeah, I've never thought about the yoga class when you land because usually, and it does not make me feel any better, so maybe I need to utilize class pass here, but usually I just want to like get in bed or get a shower, yeah. go eat some gross food for my body or something. Yeah, like that.
1: no, it's but, so true. I mean, that's what we norm. that's what, that's like the normal thing is like, okay, I'm going to like go to the hotel, take a shower. And then probably go find some place to eat near my hotel. And that's what I used to do. And I, like my old way would be like, I'd land, go take a shower, go find a place to eat, have a glass of wine, go back to my hotel, go to bed. And like the next day, my body would be all feel all like cricked up from like being on a plane and just not, you know, doing what I normally would do at home.
0: Yes. And actually the ClassPass founder, she was in Nashville for the first time uh two months ago or so. I met her. She came to oh, Belmont cool. to speak. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's yeah. an awesome lady. I I've talked about ClassPass guys on my channel a few times. So if you're more if you're interested in that, go check it out. But it's so that's good. Awesome. It's mm-hmm. so good. So do you have any tips now for traveling smart, especially as a woman if you're by yourself or in a new area? How do you like to get acquainted to someplace new?
1: Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. So, what I so I do travel solo a lot, which means that I am often exploring a new place um, alone by myself, of course. Um, but like, I don't necessarily always have my bearings of what's going to happen when I get there. So, one of the things I certainly do before I'm traveling to a new place solo, especially, is do a little research just about basic the basic kind of structure of how that place might work, like. Like really basic things, like how do the ATMs work in this place, especially if it's in a new country? Um, what are like the general rules of like how to communicate that you need help with something or that you're lost, for example? And of course, like we all have GPS and all that stuff on our phones, but you never really know when you're gonna have everything working like like it should. So you know, I do some basic research before I go to a place for the first time. Um, I travel super light. I can travel. I can go for three weeks with a carry-on and, and I am a person that likes fashion, but I also am a person that's likes to be smart about how I'm able to move around and knowing that I can get around with a carry-on and not have to be kind of stuck in a position lugging a bunch of luggage somewhere that just feels right for me. So I pack really light and then I'm really mindful of some basic rules of not having your phone out while you're walking, not having a camera hanging across your body while you're walking, you know, basic things around electronics or things that might indicate that you have stuff to take. Like that's just simple, like good mindful things to do. So you're not drawing attention to yourself um, when you're not quite sure of what the situation might, might be in a new place. Um, I always alert my close friends or family, my boyfriend, um, of when I've arrived in a place, what my location is, just in case I lose phone service or something like that happens so that they know where my, you know, what my whereabouts are. Um, and, and then they're not worried. And then I know if something happens that there's somebody that knows where I am, um, like exactly where I am. Um, if I'm staying in a hotel and a you know, foreign country, for example, I'll certainly ask the hotel. They always kind of know like which directions are good for walking, which ones, any places I should avoid. Um, And sometimes I'll just check in with the front desk and say, hey, I'm going out, especially if it's later in the evening, if I'm like walking to dinner, and it might be dark out. I'll just say, hey, I'm going out for a few hours. Um, I'm alone. I just, you know, wanted to check in and let you know that I'm going to be out and I'll check back in when I get back, just so they kind of know too that, they've got one of their guests kind of out exploring on foot, for example. So that's a couple of things that I do. Um, I really love traveling alone and I've, I've traveled alone in many countries and I've never had a, a scary experience. Um, and I'm also just very mindful and aware of my surroundings while traveling
0: right yes thank you for sharing those i think those are all very insightful for like you said when you're traveling or just for any young women listening in your own city just being obviously we know to be aware of ourselves but making other people aware is so important and i love the new updates for like the uber and lyft apps how you can send people your live location yeah Uh, that just makes me always feel safer (laughs)
1: Yeah, completely. I mean, and for me, like I'm always traveling with a camera and a lot of the women that I know that do the type of work that I do are traveling with cameras also. And I don't ever want to have like this massive camera bag hanging off my body so that it's obvious that I'm a tourist or that I've got electronics or things of value. So I, you know, even in that case, I'll travel with a really small camera that I can just tuck into a small backpack, you know, things like that. I keep a fanny pack. Versus like a nice handbag so that my, you know, most important documents or my hotel key are tucked into my fanny pack. So if something were to get grabbed off my shoulder, which God forbid that would happen, but if it did, my most important things would be attached to my body, you know, like basic just things to keep, keep me safe and keep my things safe.
0: Yes. So good. So you mentioned this a little bit, but I would love to go into more detail about how you pack a suitcase because I need your
1: advice. (laughs) Yeah. So I am really good at at packing, um, a minimal suitcase. So what I like to do, and I I think like this isn't necessarily the most common like light packing thing, but I think it really, really works. So of course I start with the basics. And like, when I say like, start with basics, like I only pack one pair of jeans. If I, if you know, I can, if I'm going to be somewhere for three weeks, I can rotate that one pair of jeans a few times. And if I need to wash them, there's typically a way to do that at a place that you might be staying. So like one pair of jeans, um, some basics in terms of like t-shirts, um, light sweaters, depending on where, what the temperature might be. But the thing that I pack a lot of, and that typically is fairly lightweight and easy to, um, get into a carry on. I pack a lot of dresses and I pack like, like lightweight, comfortable dresses that can be layered a lot of ways. So like under a sweater, and now it's become a skirt or like over a turtleneck. And now you've got like some, you know, some warmth, if you might be in a, in a place that like gets cooler at night for example but maybe you don't need the turtleneck during the day so like light dresses is my go-to for looking fashionable but keeping the suitcase um pretty light and then in regards to shoes I have really learned that I can get by with two pairs of shoes and like my go-to pair of shoes is my Birkenstocks (laughs) and then they just they work with anything Um, And then maybe one pair of shoes that's a little bit dressier, although I found that I rarely need like a pair of heels for for traveling. Like even if I'm going to a nice restaurant, you know, a cute pair of flats or something, heels take up a lot more space in the suitcase. So I really try to limit the shoes. And then the shoes that I'm wearing on the plane or for the trip, um, I want those to be super versatile too. So I typically travel in a pair of like light boots that will have a lot of versatility. And what I'm wearing once I get somewhere. So that's typically kind of how I do it. And then I keep my toiletries really minimal too. Um, like I don't pack my whole makeup bag. I commit to just a few items, like a really nice, beautiful lipstick that's going to like just make me look alive and bright and happy. And then some good like moisturizer and foundation products that will keep my skin looking great. And I kind of leave it at that when I'm traveling because I, I honestly don't want to spend a bunch of time getting ready either. I want to go and enjoy the place.
0: Yeah, those are great. Yes, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about your upcoming retreat. It looks, it sounds super yeah. interesting. And I know oh my gosh, um, yeah. our listeners would love to hear about just a little bit of the background of that, where you got the
1: idea and what it's all about. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm so excited about it. And of course, I would love for any of your listeners to come. It is, um, so the retreat is called Forage and Wander and it's taking place in Joshua Tree this coming spring. It's April 4th through the 7th. Um, It's a creative and intuitive retreat. So what that means is it's really designed to help women expand their creativity and their creative thinking. So um, for example, if like you're working in a job in which you feel like there might be something else for you and you're not quite sure what it is, it's a real, there's really great exercises and workshops we'll be doing at the retreat for you to really tap in to what creative gifts you might have that maybe you're not even considering. Um, and so, in that case, it might help you to think about what other things you could do in your career. Um, and then the intuition part is really about learning how to trust yourself and to really connect in to your own self worth and self confidence, because we all really have everything we need inside of us. And um, and that's something I really want to spend some time delving into at the retreat. The way it came about, um, so I. I love, I love self-development. I'm a huge like self, self-worth junkie, like any sort of self-love exercises I can get my hands on, I'm doing them. Um, and I've always kind of been that way. And I was really lucky working for Aveda that they're a company that really believes in that too. So they exposed me to that really early in my, in my career. Um, but the way this particular retreat came about, I actually have a great friend who is an artist. Um, she also is an art educator she teaches at a university in California, and then she's also a yoga teacher, and we were together for my birthday this year, and I had been wanting to put together some deeper workshops, and really connecting this sort of creative side of what I love, and what's been so valuable to me, into some sort of retreat format, and she was kind of having that same thought process around, um, The work that she does. And so we kind of just got together. It was on my birthday. We were hanging out. We had a whole day planned together and we started brainstorming and the idea just flowed. And so we're doing our first one in the spring and then there will be several more coming um, in 2019 that we're already planning now. So that's what it is and kind of how it all came about.
0: That sounds so fun and so, so, so good. I Guys, I will have the links to her social media and her website and everything in the show notes, of course, like usual, if you all are interested in that more. It's
1: coming up. That'd be a really good Christmas gift, FYI, to anyone out there. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're going to do some really cool things. We've got a sound bath planned. We're going to hike Joshua Tree, of course. Um We'll be doing, you know, obviously like a photo walk when we're doing the hike. So I'll be kind of helping to like share some of the tips that I have around travel photography, yoga every morning and night. We've got a chef that's going to be cooking amazing food. It's just going to be wonderful. I can't wait.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. <laughs> so I would also love to tell the listeners a little bit about your journey moving from moving to Nashville. You said you've been yeah. about two years. You're originally mm-hmm. from New Orleans. So why Nashville, and what are your sa- some of your favorite spots here? In case anyone wants to take a trip.
1: Yeah, sure. So New Orleans is is my home, and I love it so much. And of course, I advise anyone that's listening to completely visit there because it is such a beautiful city. And then I'm so fortunate that now I live in Nashville and it's such an amazing city too. So I moved here two years ago. Um, My boyfriend is uh, from new Orleans. Also funny enough, we met right after he had left new Orleans and moved to Nashville. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was kind of like this kind of this crazy thing where he had just moved, but we ended up meeting in new Orleans and, um, and he's a musician and he tours and, the nice thing about the way that his work was at that time was and because my work as as someone who's traveling really frequently was that we ended up being able to like have our really like our first dates all kind of happened just like out in other places in the world because we were both kind of out doing different things that involved us both being tra- you know out traveling um but then at the end of the day his home was here in Nashville and for me because of the work that I do, I could really be anywhere. And as I got to spend more time in Nashville, I really started to love the experience I was having in Nashville. Um, I love the creative community, the girlfriends and the women that I've met in Nashville are just so amazing. And everybody is so supportive. And then um, my boyfriend was finding the same thing in the music industry as he was starting to really plant roots here in Nashville. And so Two years ago, um, it was kind of at that time where my, my lease at my apartment in New Orleans was ending, and his was in Nashville, and we were making that decision of where we wanted to be next, and we both really felt that this city was so great and a great place for us to be, so we decided um, to settle in a, a little bit more. So we have a house now here and love it so much, and that's kind of how that all came about, and really the creative community in Nashville is what drew us in.
0: Yeah, I've totally uh, realized that as well. Moving here, there's just so many creatives and you think just music because we are the music city, but there's so many other creatives, like so many bloggers and photographers and artists. And it's just
1: so cool. It really is. I mean, fashion too. There's such a beautiful fashion community happening here. It's, it's just great. And I've I've really, um, I've been so just, I've just, I've felt so supported living here for these two years. And I'm so, so glad that this is the decision that we made.
0: Yes. So this is a tough question because Nashville, it has so many amazing coffee shops, but what's your favorite coffee shop to work at? Oh my
1: gosh. I feel like it's like, (laughs) that's, that's so hard. Um, okay. So my favorite coffee shop, hmm, you know, okay. Oh gosh. Okay. You're so right. There's so many. I love Dose. Um, I haven't heard of them actually. Okay. So they've got two locations. One is um, kind of in East, like in Inglewood, Um, Mm -hmm. but they do coffee and food. And I was actually there last night and had the like most delicious turmeric ginger tea. And it was like a, you know, just a delicious drink. And I was like, you know, this is kind of People don't really know about it as much. That's one of my favorites. I also love the Post East. Um, Do you know about that one? No, I don't. These aren't the ones I've heard
0: of. There's so many.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that one too um, because they do some really great juices also. So great coffee and and juice. And then this one's not just a coffee shop, but I just love it in general. Cafe Rose um, on uh, Porter Road. And it's just like super cute, great food and delicious coffee. So I didn't say the usual suspects, which would be barista parla or crema, although I love those. (laughs) They're great. But those other ones, I feel like are a little bit more off the beaten path. And I kind of am the type of girl that likes the off the beaten path stuff.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing. I'm very excited now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So my last question for you today is what overall has been the best piece of advice you have ever received?
1: The best piece of advice I have ever received. Okay. So, one of the mentors that I have, um, her name is Deborah Neal, and she owns the Aveda distribution company for the southern part of the United States. And when I was like early in my career and I was kind of getting to know her a bit, she, um, what I would show up for meetings and I would be so prepared. Like, I would know every single fact on the page and every single question that might be asked of me, I just would like really get ready for the meetings in such a big way. But one of the things that she shared with me is that um, people wanted me to show up and, um, and like that, which of course is what I, you know, prepared, but they also wanted me to show up as me. And that a part of the thing that I brought to the table was being authentically myself and to not be afraid to share who I was with people. And she told me that in a corporate setting, and that really struck me because I was thinking I needed to show up as this like really put together businesswoman, and I she did think I should show up that way, but she also thought I should show up and bring my authentic voice to conversations. And that advice changed the way that I approached work, and it, it changed the way I approached just conversations with friends and family to always remember to show up with my authentic self um first and not who I thought people would want me to be
0: Mm. yeah that's that's hard I feel like when you're in a business setting because as I'm studying business I kind of get that idea too I mean right now it is a a very male dominated career and so sometimes we want to hide the things that make us ourselves because we feel like we need to put a mask of seriousness and like you said having it all together but thank you for sharing because that I need to remember that going forward
1: yeah. I mean, I think that that is just like so huge and, you know, in ensuring that like you are, you're asked to be there for a reason, or you get that job for a reason. And it is about what you know, and it is about what you can bring to the table in that way. But it's also about you being you and really trusting that you've got value all the way through you, not just in what you can say that you've studied, for example.
0: Mm, yes. So good. Thank you so much, Andy, for this whole conversation. I love getting to know you a little bit more and I know yeah. my listeners have, are able to take something as away as well. Uh, where can everyone find you?
1: So of course my blog is a great place to find me and to get all sorts of more good stuff on travel and wellness and some mystical things too. And that's girl.com. So O-U-I-W-E girl.com. And then on Instagram, it's the same. It's girl. So O-U-I-W-E, girl, and those would be the best places to track me down.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Andy. And we'll have to get coffee soon at one of those new places. I would love that. I'll be happy to
1: show you one of those too, for sure.
0: I certainly can't wait to meet her. If you guys want to know more about Andy, all of her links will be in the show notes. Like I mentioned, I hope you guys also enjoyed this episode. And if you're a blogger of any kind, I want to hear your insights too on travel, fashion, whatever you like to blog about. Give me insights. Cause I don't consider myself a blogger. Definitely more of a vlogger. Anyway, <laughs> that is going to be all for this episode. Get excited because next episode is Christmas themed. I'm going to be joined with my roommate. It's going to be super chill and we're just going to have a good time talking about all things, holidays, Christmas, fun, yumminess, cheer, joy. Yep. It's going to be great. Okay. I will talk to you guys then. Bye.